Pixel Podcast with Curtis, myself, Riff, Ricky, and Chris. And uh, it's funny, when we talk to the community, the biggest thing uh, of everybody that everybody wanted to talk about, there was like a million different conversations people wanted to have. And the number one is how gaming in the YouTube collecting world, the retro collecting scene has changed from when it started till now. And I think we can all agree, even without any sort of thinking, the biggest thing that's changed is the the other question that we kind of had that links right into it is, is reselling accepted in the collecting world? And before everybody jumps in and goes into it, I think my little my little precursor story is that when we were around back in the day, collecting and reselling, being a collector and being a reseller was not okay. Plain and simply, it was yeah. not a thing. You don't do it. It's, it's, it's not even a question. You just don't do it. And then there was this giant period of that collecting scene on YouTube where that's what you did. And then I'm going to credit it. I'm going to start by crediting it. I think the shift, you know, there was this this gap. There was people who resold and they were kind of the no-no people, which we're looking at Chris, which also Filthy. a collector. But, but Filthy is what it is. Well, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but it was like this, this, you were either a collector or you were, I mean, not even a reseller. You were a reseller scumbag. Back. That's kind of how it was back then. And I feel like the retro Rick era came in. And that's kind of when it was like the shift started where there was like a bridge in between the gap where it was like, oh, he's a collector. Look at the stuff around him. Look what he does. Look how much fun he has doing this. And wait, he has this 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 series that I I think credits to what blew him up kind of as the ten dollar uh, game collection challenge. Yeah, he's reselling. He's doing a reselling thing. And I even myself was like, that you can do that. That's like what. That's where I think the majority of the internet started to be like, can we can do both? Right. They they were kind of affirmed because in reality most people were doing that at the time anyway. So I want to jump in. The reason, you know, again, we have Curtis here, who's a little bit younger. We have Ricky here, who's a, a kind of like the expert with me have been on YouTube for so long. But the main reason I wanted Chris here is because you are a lifelong co- collector with some of the greatest stuff I know, but you're also been reselling the longest because you're not just a reseller, but you've been around owning stores and in that scene. So I'd love to hear from you first before everybody else jumps in, kind of like the process of when you saw how were you treated, which I've heard stories before people not selling you stuff because you're a reseller to where, to where we're at now, how big of a shift and all that. Yeah. So I've been a reseller probably, well, I've owned my stores. So technically a official reseller for probably 12 years now is when I opened the, the store initially. Okay. And, uh, but prior to that, yeah, I was a gamer collector, grew up collecting comics. So been a lifelong collector as well. But, um, I was, when I opened my first store, I was surprised immediately, like, right away there was a community of collectors like the people that would come into the shop and then there was me and i i immediately felt like i was like an outcast like people would come in they would buy stuff but they were like oh you're a reseller you're like not one of us and i would try to explain to people like no i've been i'm a gamer like i've been doing this i'm not just here to make a buck um but i definitely felt like excluded from the community Mm. initially i think it took me like years of kind of like building up a reputation hosting like events with the community running retro world expo before like finally the community was like oh you're like you are one of us even though you resell but i certainly felt that initially like there was definitely like oh you're an outcast you're you're like a filthy reseller (laughs) and and i know exactly how that feels because it's like I just went into it full resale mode, right? Because I didn't have much to collect. Yeah. I, I, lived in, I didn't have any money growing up. So it was like, how would I collect things? And then I'd move and move and move and move. And then I'd try to figure out, like, how do I attain these things without losing a lot of money, right? Because, I mean, I was 
broke growing up. So it was like I had to resell to get the things I wanted, you know? Interesting. And I think you come from a very special place that's different than us because we've kind of in some way or not kind of Ricky and I more so in the like in the YouTube bunker, so to say, like in the YouTube world. That's kind of where he came in. You kind of aligned with it. People know you through that. A lot of people know you on YouTube. Russ worked with you and stuff. Um, you kind of were aware of a lot of the people on YouTube who resold conventions and that. But you kind of came in like not in the YouTube world at all. Nothing. You're just an average dude to where this idea of reselling being bad was foreign to you. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like, what are you what are you talking well, about? I was just a YouTube junkie. I just take in YouTube nonstop. Yeah. But like I was just full resale mode. Like I was just like all about the money right now. And then I was like, well, I really love these things. But now I came into a place where I was like, oh. Like I can start to actually attain things that I love yep. and still make a little bit of money yep. at the same time. Yep. And I, I didn't feel bad about it at all because I honestly didn't have money even when I was reselling. So it was oh, more like, yeah. So you do you I mean? collect now? Are you yeah, just a, yeah. yeah, but I am very particular on the things that I do collect. Like I'll grab things and I'll, I love the fact that like I can go out and then uh, find things and then just like bring it to the community and like show it. And then I don't know what else to do with it, right? Because it's like, I don't have a lot of space. So I was kind of initially like that as well, where I was, when I opened the stores, I did not have a big collection of stuff. My collection of stuff is way bigger now than it was mm. initially. Yeah. So I kind of did start, like I, I collected a little bit, like I had a little bit of an NES collection when I opened the stores. How come and that's everybody's first? <laughs> like that's, I feel like YouTube and like, I feel like YouTube itself besides reselling was like built on the NES. I don't know if that's like a credit to AVGN, maybe possibly, but I feel like everybody in that space that was like, dude, I started collecting. It was like, at least back then it was like NES. That was our background <laughs> when we first started. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was, I was five years old, got my first NES. So that's like my true yeah. passion. So that's, that's all I was really collecting initially, but man, over the years now I'm collecting all sorts of stuff, comics, yeah, uh, vintage clothes, yeah. Ooh, games. That's a, that's a that's a deeper wormhole that we could go yeah, into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we all I think all four of us maybe some of the most guilty and maybe at Retro Rec too. Yeah, some of the most guilty with. It's funny how like there's games that I'm like, and I've been collecting games for 10, 11, 12 years, where I'm like, dude, I would have never spent more than like fifty bucks on a video game or a hundred dollars max. But when we went into shirts, oh it was God. real. It was re, it was real quick from zero to sixty of being like, dude, I'm not going to spend more than twenty bucks. To me being now like, dude, that only sold for four hundred, and that was, that's that not that bad. Is still going on. I mean, it was just even yesterday. Like we were looking at a shirt that it's like five hundred bucks. I'm well, like, oh, the, I'll in, drop five hundred. No, park, that's like nothing. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. How much did you? I mean, this isn't <laughs> flex hour. All of a sudden, how much? Did, I mean, real talk. How much did you spend on that Super Star Fox weekend shirt? Four fifty. What about that hat? Uh, I don't remember when the hat. I think it was like eighty bucks or something which like that. Is which is a good deal. I was like, dude, this is great. <laughs> which everybody listening right now is like, you guys are idiots. That's not cheap. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll justify, and if those, this goes off the rails, that's okay. I'm going to justify clothing with the fact that like, there's a what, what, see a pretty rare Nintendo game. Pretty rare. Little One of the Samson. Rare. Little Samson. You can go buy Little Samson at almost any convention, right? It, every video I edit for Retro Rick, Phoenix Resale, might do stuff for myself. Every convention we go to, we see a Little Samson, right? Yeah. Even though it's expensive, it's still obtainable. But half of Ricky's shirt, you can't buy it. You can't find it anywhere. It's not on the internet. It's not available. It doesn't exist. And if it does, it's like one. And I think that's the big difference that I think a lot of people don't understand with like the shirts that we're into and the hats and all this different stuff. It's like, these are like, on a different level of like 
rare because of most, a lot of this stuff is stuff that was like, hey, Walmart had like a special weekend in 1993 where that weekend they demoed Super Mario World <laughs> and we made shirts just for that weekend. And it's like, some people think that's stupid, but to us, I'm like... I feel, it's funny because I'm not wearing one right now and I felt like shamed when I walked in the car. <laughs> I shamed you immediately. Got, I, was he, like, he I was like, got, what is that? He got, he, got, he got out of the car. He looks and he goes, what? No, no flex? And I was like, I, well, my fear was that we were all going to be wearing black shirts. And I was like, oh, th these are black. And I'm like, shoot, we're all going to be wearing black shirts. And this was the only one I had that wasn't. I had, I had my Star Fox one in the queue and my Super Power Fest 92 shirt. That was my option. I'm not going to lie. I was like queued up like three last night. I was trying on shirts. I'm like, what am I going to wear today? <laughs> my dude, wife's yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm just styling for tomorrow. But dude, think, that's what's cool about the games. Uh, not not the games, but the shirts. Like you can flex. Like what, what, what are you going to do? Carry on a little Samsung with you? Like, oh, look at me. Well, yeah. it's funny because I've seen guys at, at conventions do that. We, remember the guy? We saw a guy one time at a convention with a car. He was a super cool dude. I've talked to him since. Super nice guy. Yeah. But it was his way of flexing. He was carrying a cart around with, what was it, Super Metroids? I think he had oh, like 90 yeah. Super Metroids CIB. And he was just showing everybody. And I was like, that's all right. Yeah. That's and his I th flex. I think the the what I find in like the clothing aspect is like, it's like, almost like you can just pay respect to the things that you grew up. You know, it's like yeah. you can put it like on it. for show for others. Yeah. And it's like everybody that sees that, like, oh my gosh, like I love Sonic. Or, oh my gosh, I, I love that like Nintendo World championship thing right there you know what i mean it's one of those things that you just come back and you're just like <laughs> I, just, I wasn't even alive for it i, just, real, I just realized he's wearing double right? world nintendo world yeah, championships right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my thing now is i love to actually match these up wow like i like the, the virtual boy shirt i bought bought off of you yeah and then i bought the virtual boy hat yeah Biggest and like flex. finding the two of them flex, right? finding hats is like near impossible oh, I know. too yeah. i know so to match the two is yeah. has been kind of a thing i've been doing lately yeah. which is awesome all okay, right, so transitioning to like the next topic. Oh, I mean, um, we got a producer look at, I mean, right here. Look at, I mean, this, look at this guy. Wow. He, oh, we can talk about this for oh, hours. You know that, subject. right? He's like, like let's just transition to the next topic. I mean, like, is hoarding acceptable in the collecting scene? Okay, so this was a big one for me. So th this is a huge topic because right. let's let's say this. There's there's always like a good way to do anything in the world, right? Collect cars, the play video games, eat fast food, whatever it is. There's always a good way to do something, like a proper way to do something and an improper way to do it, right? So with reselling, what's the improper way of reselling? Scalping. Thank I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually been thinking about that. And okay. it's important to differentiate between resellers and scalpers. Okay, so get they to that. They are two completely different things. Absolutely. So I want you to jump into that. But what my point was to what Curtis said is what is the bad way of collecting? Hoarding, right? So it's like what but what I find interesting in the in the collecting versus reselling world is it's very accepted to point out the negatives about resellers, right? It's very accepting. Like, oh, reseller, scalper, whatever the words, we've heard it all. Scumbag, you know? You know? Scumbag. <laughs> and again, we, we are massive collectors. I've never owned better stuff in my life. But the community and even ourselves, sometimes we so, we, we're, we don't point out the bad aspect of collecting, which is hoarding or, or uh, just holding on to things that necessarily are just being, you know, when you go to someone's house, <laughs> and you see 19 NESs in a, in a closet and you're like, hmm, yeah. I don't know. It was 20. Oh, it was. Sorry. And sorry. Up, until recently, get it right. up until recently, Ben had literally a thousand games and he sold most of them to you ben guys. Ben had a thousand. You know but, yeah, so but, like crazy. Yeah. I want to hear where you're going because I'm it's sure you've, you've got more of the brunt of it. Ricky and I are still massive collectors, but we also do happen to resell. I want to know like you, I'm sure you've been accused of being 
doing things that are improper? Have you? I mean, what's your journey? Have you ever found yourself being that guy that's like, oh, shoot, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm doing it? Just in reselling in general? Like, yeah, with what you do, have you done the scalper dirty stuff or? The scalping, I have never, I'll be honest, never gotten into that. Maybe once or twice, there's been something I've bought that, like, new. When, and when I think of scalping, I probably, it's probably. Maybe define to, it better to for those who it. don't. Yeah, when I think of scalping, that's like PS5 scalping. Like, you go out yeah. with the intention of buying something that you're never going to use that is, like, usually generally, like, new, like a hot item that's come out. You're buying that, and then you're holding on to it or flipping it, like, immediately. Right. And the reason I don't like it is because it's taking away, like, that's something that people want to use immediately. Yes. Like if I want to go get a PS5 and now I can't get it and now you bought one yeah. and you're putting it online for 800 bucks. Yep. Like, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, of course. And to, and to me, it, it's completely different than like us going to Golden West hunting, totally. finding stuff that's like out nowhere land yeah. and bringing that back almost to the community and yeah. reselling it for collectors or us yeah. to use and stuff. Yeah. Totally different things. Um, so as far as the scalping, like, even with the stores, like we, when the PS5s come out, we set like a trade price at like 350 bucks. They retail for 500. We're only going to pay 350 with the idea that we'll sell them for like 450. I don't get involved with the like, oh, well, they're going for a thousand bucks. We'll pay 600 bucks. And a lot of times people will walk in with PS5s and they'll be like, how much would you give me for PS5? I'm like 350. And You're not like, giving them scalper like, prices. Yeah. They're like, well, I can sell it online for a thousand. I'm like, Good luck. Then, then I'll go wait ahead. and we'll just wait. We'll wait until the price gets down back yeah. to reality, which yeah. is kind of where it is now. Totally. And so I, that probably dates all the way back to like when the, I want to say when I opened the store, I think the 360 had just come out. Okay. And the PS3s. So the scalping was going on with the PS3s back then. I saw it. And with, we didn't partake in it then either. I Never. saw it with the new Zelda. Uh, the Wii U one? No, the new, just now, like the one like two days ago. Oh, well, sorry, Switch. The, the, Switch the, the new console, whatever it is. The new Zelda game has- Oh, like it's going to get scalped to death. No, it did yeah. already. It like yeah. dropped yesterday or something and my buddies were sending, oh, it was Gabo sending me things <laughs> saying, here we go. And it's oh, on yeah. eBay, 800 bucks. And he's like, what the crap? Ricky, maybe I think it'd be an interesting conversation because, you know, he sells in a store. Yeah. Uh, Curtis will sell on eBay and stuff. You and I really only got into reselling when it came- to whatnot. We have a very different experience than most people. We don't resell on eBay. We don't really sell on Mercari. I did for a short period of time, but then I stopped. Um, we we kind of live on like a like a good luck method. Maybe tell people <laughs> what we do and how we do it and kind of how well, what it does for us. Dude, I feel like for years and years, all we did was go to the swap and just keep everything. And if we ever wanted to sell anything, because it was really frowned upon back then, it was like, I'd sell it to a buddy and that's it. Yeah. So we couldn't do anything else, but Honestly, after having having been so many times, I'm like, dude, it, it has become like a hoarding thing. Yeah. No, you I have, dude, I have bins and bins of stuff. Luckily, we do whatnot now. So I'm like, all right, let's just let's let's that, let the people have a have yeah. a hit on it. Hit on it. <laughs> tell tell them the extreme of what happened to our buddy. I don't know if we told Chris or Curtis this, but back in the day when we were pubescent teens, no, we weren't. We were in our twenties. We were youngins. Uh, maybe what. A month and two months into YouTube, and we had a buddy named Retro Hungry. Why don't you, dude? <laughs> a good buddy. It was re Retro Hungry. So he had found, um, dude, a pallet. Arrow oh, Fighters. Oh, Arrow Fighters. He had find. Well, yeah, this pallet had a ton of games, but but the thing he got like a lot of like flack for was uh, this Arrow Fighters. He found. I'm like, dude, awesome. But he sold. He didn't sell it to anyone in the community. So when that happened, he kind of got, dude. He got kicked out of the scene fast i felt so bad what was it we didn't see him like a month later yep that was it it, they it, just... it, it was so bad that he was just good dude yep. collected we hung out with him all the time and he bought a game and he was one of the first retro collectors on youtube to be like 
yeah, I just sold it on eBay and I got what someone paid for it. And everyone banished, dude, hated dislike central hundreds of dislikes. All of a sudden this guy was public enemy number one. And I yeah. think that's when Ricky and I were like, wow. Like we knew that reselling was frowned upon, but what? I was like, they will hate you and they will turn on you back then. And I remember telling that to retro Rick when he like posted on his channel, he's like, yep, I found this for five bucks at Goodwill and it sold for whatever, you know, what it goes for. And I commented back then, you know, I'm still friends with them, but I'm like, it's just crazy because again, when he came in, it was so foreign to me to see that. I'm like, if I would have posted that on mine, it was a death wish. Like you're sending your channel to the grave if you did that. And you just started like not even like a year and a half ago. I, I've been doing it for about 10 years. And I think Chris, you said 12, right? When Since you opened up probably your store. Probably even before the store, probably I was selling online strictly mm, yeah. back then. And I think yours so. is more interesting just because you do have to put up a storefront and like how you would get things. When you do get things, is it easier for you? Do you have time to hunt uh, out in the field? I do the hunting now. Like when we go to Golden West and stuff, I do that just because. Shh, don't give our spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, <no. laughs> It's so blown up at this point. There's so many hunters. There. Our homie Vento back there. Cut it somehow. <laughs> it's funny because it's like I'll run into people like I've never seen on YouTube, but like they'll hang around people that are in the space and they'll, I'll be introduced and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Right. And like even them, like even when I got introduced to them, it was just kind of random. We just run into each other and I was like, oh, those retro guys again. You but know? <laughs> the reason I still go out, I think if your question to answer your question is, um, why I still go to Golden West, like yeah. the items that I find now are literally like a drop in the bucket. You know, like most of the inventory that I get comes into the store. And a lot of times people will come into the stores and they'll be like, wow, where do you find all this stuff? I'm like, it it gets it's all trade yeah. So when I go and like even get a full truck not a truckload but a you know yeah buggy what are we wagon wagon, (laughs) a wagon full (laughs) so a wagon full of whatever say we find vhs or some shirts or you know all miscellaneous (laughs) stuff it's literally a drop in the bucket so why i do it though is because i love the hunt absolutely and to me that's the greatest thing i like about collecting is going out and finding it which is why you know it's not for money it's not for anything other than a few reasons now, actually, like going out hunting. It's good exercise. We'll get out yeah, and walk around. Absolutely, and, and like seeing you right, guys right now. before we drink like ten pounds of soda and <laughs> yeah. chronic taco. <laughs> but um, and now it's kind of changed too. Where like you guys are there. Yeah, a good friend more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other Tony, all yeah, these yeah. guys that we know. It's like a whole giant. So it's a second family. Yeah, yeah. and it so really is. is. I'm excited now to go on Saturdays to like. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to see all you guys. Like, a good time to hang out. Yep. We get together. We're going around doing stuff. If we weren't doing that, I don't know. When would we all meet up all the time? Yep. So, so there's a few. That's why I go, go still go hunting. Um, I love that aspect of finding stuff. I think you hit it on the head with the, the thrill of the hunt, you know, and then that's been talked about forever on YouTube. And I think that we're in a special position that we've been doing this for so long that I think it's almost detrimental to be able to continue, like at least for us doing the show, because if we were only strictly based on what we're finding, we would have quit a long time ago. I'd say like two, three years ago, there was like a pretty good dry spell of us finding like meh stuff. Yeah. Now somehow, I don't know how, thank you, Lord. We're finding like (laughs) amazing stuff every weekend. But again, to what you said, the fact that we can go out there and have so much fun and we joke all the time to our wives, we're like, we got to go. This is, we joke, we're going to therapy on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. And what you notice in the videos, it's not put on. It's like, <laughs> we're like a bunch of kids. I mean, we're out there, we're goofing around, we're being stupid. And if you look on everybody's face and you take a moment, everybody's smiling. 
Oh yeah, and it's a good time. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, always time. a good time. And so many people, you know, are like, "That's competition, blah blah blah." But not one of us has ever been like, "Well, yeah, I wish these guys would leave." It's like, no, dude, I don't even care at this point what I find. Again, thankfully, we've been finding good stuff, but it's yeah. like. I'm but, having a great time. But even like at certain times, like I'll just get what I kind of want out of a certain ve- like uh, person or whatever vendor. And then I'll be like, guys, hey, this guy's got great stuff. Like there's still a lot of stuff for you to go and get. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Despite what, despite how many people are out there, you can go back on our catalog for the last year and a half. And it's like how every yeah. weekend with, with, you know, people that we're meeting and uh, conversations we're having with sellers and vendors. I've been finding too, one of my favorite, like, things I never expected to enjoy was like comment hanging out with the same vendors. You know, now when they see us, it used to be like, Hey, what's up? But now it's like, what up buddy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just having fun. I mean, we're hanging out with people on storage wars and they're holding stuff for us. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's, it's the best medicine you can have. So and it's say. crazy that you have multiple swap meets where it's like, people are just recognizing you now. And it's just like, you go up to there and you're just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's 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 the biggest blessing, I feel like. All right, we're going to transition to the next topic, right, for you guys right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I needed this guy. I'm telling you guys, man, for the past, I, I'm so glad we got our producer back here. We got Beto, Beto back there working on the stuff. We got the squad is anyway, working. Chris, getting uh, recently robbed at your game store, is it Ooh. ever okay to steal? Well, let me give an update on that, by the way. First off, tell us about what happened. (laughs) You got robbed. We did a YouTube short. A little bit of backstory. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think it was last week, actually. Guy came in, walked to the front door. We have Pokemon binders up front, which have like dollar cards. They're not super expensive cards, but they probably have two to 300 cards in each one. Came in, grabbed five binders, walked out, ran ran out the door pretty Mm. much. I happened to be by the front window, saw him chased him down, ended up getting the binders back. Um, uh-huh. So that was my, my hero of <laughs> well, the how day. Can, how can you skip that part in the middle of chasing him down and <laughs> there, then you walk? There wasn't and... a huge physical alteration. Uh, altercation. Altercation. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, but, I wouldn't press you. You're too chiseled. Yeah. But before you go on, I want to know what you're... I, I'm so happy that your re- your response was to go get them, right? And I know that don't, I'm not telling everyone to do that. Someone could have gone. I don't know. But I just, I'm. I guess I'm old-fashioned that way where that's my mentality is... I'm going. It's my stuff, bro. Yeah, don't take I didn't even think table. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like, it was just innate. I just ran out, went back, you know, got my stuff because maybe that's the way I was raised or whatever. It's like, don't yeah. take from me. Yeah. Um, but it, no physical big alt- altercation or anything like that. Got the items back. The guy bolted off, didn't call the cops or anything. Mm. Well, update to that story today. Guess what happened? That oh. guy came back today, what? went back in today. Walked in, grabbed, we have loose, I moved the binders into a showcase. He came in, grabbed, we have loose cards. There's like a sleeve, probably of like a thousand cards in each one, Pokemon cards. Walked right in, oh grabbed two and my. ran out. My guy Eric saw him. So now now I called the police. Wow. Yeah, had the, the balls to do that again today. Little does he know, we have a, a YouTube short out there that's gaining some traction. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows him or sees man, him. I love it I, I because most of the comments are like, man, why would you mess with uh, Chris's man bun? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, yeah, underneath oh that guy's got a beautiful man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of heat for that, even in the video. For my own, my employees and stuff. For the man bun? Hey, yeah, bro, you always, can't mess but... with the man bun, bro. Anyway, most people who have a man bun are, are strong. That's just what I've got. Hey, I it. saw a video recently. Brock Lesnar's got a man bun. You want to go mess with somebody, go mess with Brock Lesnar with a man bun. No, Conor thanks. McGregor I, I, had I saw, a man I bun. So. Of, I saw clips of uh, Brock Lesnar one time holding a punching bag straight out in front of him, like holding it out, no elbows bending and flipping it with his hands. Shwink, catch, shwink, catch. I was like, 
I can't even do that with like a heavy water bottle. What a beast. <laughs> like, That's dude, incredible. This, this is insane. Um, so I think what, what Curtis was asking earlier, which I think is, you know, it, maybe this is a different type of topic, but it kind of, when I, when I heard that, you know, I had someone say, well, maybe he needs, and I'm like, no, that's not justified. But it did bring up the thought to me of like, you know, you've seen in Robin Hood movies and stuff. And do you feel like in your brain, like it's ever justified to steal something? I mean, there's food, there's what, where's your, where's your brain at? I mean, it's a, it's a case by case basis. We, yeah. Obviously over the years, 12 years, we have collectibles, expensive stuff. People come in, they steal. Um, I, I get it. You know, we do, we deal with like all different types of people. There's a lot of people in bad yeah. spots. Yep. Some people are drug addicts. We get yeah, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. They come in. I, I try to avoid at the, you know, very last scenario, calling the police. I Got don't it. like doing it. You're a little more yeah. forgiving. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to just get the items back, say, Hey, you just can't come in here anymore. Yeah. Um, and we've caught many people over the years stealing, uh, this one where the guys come back twice. I've never had that happen, especially that's, when he was like caught. That's, 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 really dumb. I mean, that's, oh, we were just finding the VHS tips last week, like world's dumbest criminals. That guy would have been a perfect candidate. Like Seriously. this guy's coming back yeah. to the crime scene. He must not know you have a, a video that you already posted and we posted a thing. You know, he's obviously doesn't aware, which maybe is a good thing. Now, do you have like the same amount of like, uh, problems like you have in the LA stores that you have in the East coast stores? We've had issues on the East coast. Um, how many stores do you own? Five, five. Ooh, yeah. That's, in those stores, flex all day, bro. <laughs> Physically, his clothes, yeah. his stores. Um, the stores in Connecticut, they've had issues. Yeah, it's 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 just an issue. Most of it's usually drugs and stuff like that. Got this it. guy didn't necessarily look like he anyone was ever drugs. been held. You've ever been held up? No. And I was going to say, like the one thing, like at the end of the day, it's just stuff. And yes. so I know that stuff goes missing all the time. And honestly, I just kind of account like, all right, stuff gets taken. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. You yeah. know, I can't sit there and watch cameras all day long. Yeah. Um, some store owners I've seen are a little bit more, you know, they, they're like there to protect every little thing. Mm. I don't like it, but I just expect that stuff is getting taken. If one of your but, employees chased after someone, would you, how would you have felt? Uh, I've always told them, well, I, what, them boys. what I'm most worried about in all honesty is like their safety them getting more than it. anything. Yeah. And to answer your question, no, I have never been held up. There have been other game stores uh, in Connecticut that have actually. Mm. And you know, that's a really scary situation. Like I, I it was bad. The one that happened in Connecticut, like it was okay. like an armed kind of robbery. Wow. Yeah. So that, thank God has never happened to me. I hope it never does. Yeah. Of course, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, you know, and my employees, like even this kind of stuff probably scares them a little bit. You for know? sure. Like, shakes you up. Yeah, it shakes them up. You know, we have females that work for us yeah. and other, you know, it's just not something that they want to deal with. But here I am, you know, police coming into the store today dealing with this. So mm. I just like the guy to stay out of the store. Just don't come back, Got you it. know? So when I worked for a grocery store one time, uh, I, I was probably, guy, wait, how long when did I work at Sprouts, Ricky? Dude, that was like... <laughs> 15 years when I was in diapers. <laughs> Ricky had his baby in diapers. I remember Ricky would show up when he was first married with his kid and he'd show up with, with uh, Gabe in his little like diaper. Ricky was wearing his, what are those things called that you wear? Uh, oh dude. I'd, Ergo something. What are the, what are the guys like wear? The, the bungalows. The bungalow. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I worked at a grocery store and I remember one time I was friends with the janitor. His name is Luis. And he was like an older Mexican dude. Super cool dude. He was one of my, my best buddies there. I was, you know, probably a guy, maybe early twenties at, at most. And he was probably like late sixties. And I remember being there and I heard like a, a like a, a noise and I was like, what is that? And I go out there and there's this guy robbing the place. And I was like, well, it's, it's sprouts, like whatever, he'll just leave. 
And I, someone's like, dude, he just threw a tequila bottle, tequila bottle at Luis's head. And I'm like, wait, someone just hit Luis. And I'm like, I was like in a weird state. And the guy started, started like bolting out the door and I'm a runner. And I see this one guy chase him, then another guy chase him. And I'm all the way at the back of the store and he's all the way out to the front and like Three or four people are chasing this guy. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to chase him. I'm all the way to the back of the store. But then I see Luis and he's like, oh, my God, he's all hurt. Got a little blood coming down. And I'm like, oh, heck no. So I start chasing after the guy. I start going, I'm, being a runner, I just see people start dropping. Like people are like, oh, too tired, too tired, too tired. And I'm just like, for my boy Luis, I'm going full speed, bro. And I, and I go, I mean, Ricky knows the location from there. I walk all the way out the store in Costa Mesa to the Camden Apartments, which is maybe like a mile away. So I'm like a mile deep, maybe a mile and a half running. Again, this is flex hour. I run like six, six miles a day. It's kind of my thing. So I got to him and I remember I dove, I dove to him and my finger went in his belt loop. And I was like, wow, like what a shot, you know, (laughs) Kobe, you know, I went for it, got his belt loop, pulled him on the ground. And I just, I was so mad. I think for some reason, something like went me. I know it's probably not the best thing for employees to do, but I was just so mad that it hurt my friend, my buddy, Luis, he's an old, old guy, you know? And I just like held him down. I was, you know, maybe a little, little, little rough house here <laughs> and there. Mentality. Get well, away with that. Well, yeah. That's the thing. So it was a different time though back then yeah. too. But my, um, when, uh, the, the police showed up and I remember my, my boss Duke, he shows up and he just looks at me. He's like, good job. Good job. And he just looks at me and goes, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> under his breath. And he's like, you're get fired, dude. Well, he's like smiling under his breath. But thankfully that when the police showed up, they were like, uh, all right, man, it's all good. It's all good. And I just kind of, you know, what's your name, son? And I was like, oh, Bob, <laughs> just kept walking, you know, <laughs> but it was just one of those situations where, you know, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation to be in. So that's why when I saw you kind of like, you know, fight or flight or whatever they say, and you were just like man bun bouncing around all the way. I was like, go Chris. Yep, well, they- so I had an option to physically like actually grab that guy. Mm-hmm. I got the binders back. Basically what I did is I hit the binders out of his hand, his arms, and they spilled all over the place. I grabbed them. He bolted. So I, but I could have tackled him. I could have restrained him. I could have done all those things. Yeah. Now in hindsight, knowing that the guy was going to come back again, I'm kind of, I'm like, I should have done that. Yeah. I had hard. no idea that this guy was, and he's good. He's obviously going to come We're back not proposing again. violence anybody. No, but, but, well, you, you. <laughs> but me as the store owner, I can do that. I would never ask my employees to do that but i kind of wish that i had done something because you're mad now well i'm just kind of like really like come on like thinking like okay i got the binders back scared the guy off never gonna see him again Mm -hmm. literally less than a week this isn't months later this isn't like six months later like the next week the guy is back and i'm like what so which means he's probably gonna be back in the next couple days he's gonna continue to just walk in grab stuff bolt out the door and i've never had to deal with that you know usually people are trying to they're pretty sneaky about it. They're trying to stuff down, stuff down their pants. He's going for yeah. the big boys. He's just running <laughs> in, grabbing <laughs> stuff and going out. And I'm like, what the heck? Dude, so. now, now I'm bummed out now that I know the story. Because in my head, like after watching that video, I just pictured you clotheslining the guy. I shouldn't have told. Yeah, I, I should have just oh, left no, it no, just no, open-ended as we to all, We all imagine like Chris <laughs> running and, and his like, shirt flew off. And it's just like six pack. And the guy's like, oh, no. Chris tackles and man bun in the air. And he's like, I still think that. Got to catch him all, buddy. We'll just edit that other part out. Right. And dreams. So right. we're going to transition to like the next big thing, I guess, is like, okay. uh, why don't we collect video games, quote unquote, anymore? Ah, I got it. So that was a conversation. That's a that's a clickbait title right there. I like that. <laughs> it's basically uh, my thought process on this was, right, we collect video games. Of course we do. Right. Yeah. But I think we and I'd say maybe guys like Retro Rick, he's always he's very much like us. I wish he lived down here. He'd, he'd be do well in this spot. But most of us collect 
and we've talked about we collect shirts and that, but our obsession and my hype, you know, for a lot of the stuff that we collect really doesn't come from video games anymore. And obviously I still love it. I still collect them, but my excitement is for like things like paperwork and things like promotional items and a, a card or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'll let Ricky kind of dive into that one a little bit where our, our brains collectively kind of even together have like molded. It's just molded. It's like, it's, it's not even games. Anymore. It's like nostalgia. You're chasing the nostalgia. Like when you find that air, uh, the Conan Ed's thing, the oh, display, yeah, the sign. it's like, dude, it has nothing to do with video games, but yeah. it's beautiful. You're just like, wow, remember Blockbuster when they used to have this kind of stuff? Yeah. It's your, cha- I, I guess we got, we got a little tired of just doing games all the time. It was more like, look at that. Look at this. Whoa. And I think a lot of the stuff, like, I think I, Chris was one of the first ones that, that I saw flex when we first went to a store. I was like, oh dude, this is some pretty good stuff. When he had all the shirts up on top. I was yeah. Like, I think that, and, and, and that is a real thing. I mean, when you're doing this stuff for so long, like anything, right? Like I can only hold so many Flintstones surprise at dinosaur peak Yeah, to where my, my interest is not peaked as a, as a, you know, but so it's interesting that we went from these things, hardcore dedicated every day. That's what I want. I want this, want this game, want this game, want this game. We've started going to conventions. I think conventions in some way killed my excitement for this cut stuff because I saw it all. You know, like, oh man, I see it all. So that's why when we go to the swamp meet and Curtis is like, look at this piece of paper I found that went in an old Nintendo book that I've never seen. I'm like, you can't find that anywhere. Go on eBay. It doesn't exist. And now before you know it, we're like our animation stuff. Yeah. Promo passes. guys. And I still haven't even been to an expo, so I wouldn't even know what that feeling would be. Right. So I've I've never had the time. I always had college. This guy runs an expo and he doesn't even invite you, bro. (laughs) You can come anytime. (laughs) On your own dime. (laughs) (laughs) Go to to buy tickets. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. I mean, now that I'm like kind of going into the space, I would love to do it because like you guys are kind of introduced me into the community and it's like a blessing. But also like, why do you think like cardboard and paper have just skyrocketed as of recent? In the last couple of years, I have plenty to say, but I talk too much. Anybody else? You're talking about like the paper. Like, I'm talking about like box games. I'm talking about like paper, like as in like mechanic paper from Nintendo from like 1985, 1990s. I, um, I feel like it's everyone already has like games. So if everyone's collecting the same thing, it's like, all right, yeah, he has it. He has this. But when you get like the funky, like, oh, dude, I got it box now. Now everyone's like, oh, no, I need it box. It's one of those like, uh, one of those things when you see someone have it, you're like, I need it. Yeah, sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true. It's so sad. But, but what you're saying too with like paperwork and stuff like that too, I just think it was so, yes, I do know that people were into that stuff back then, like, right, the weird, obscure items. And, and this stuff, it's almost like a weird conversation because you almost can't even really talk about it because we don't even know what that is, right? Because we're hunting and we don't realize that we – want it so to say you didn't really want it but you're looking for that until you find it because it's we're always in that mindset now of like we're looking for those things that when you find them you're like i didn't know that existed yeah. right and that's kind of the stuff that, that gets all of us now is like I, again if i see a rare game i'm very very likely to look at it be like i'll buy it maybe not but i'm like cool but when we find like you said didn't know I wanted a, a vintage Paramount light-up sign that you can switch out items for that had an original <laughs> Blockbuster box. But when I saw it, my brain's like, 
That's my excitement. And I'm I, excited now. I had no desire to get that for some reason. He, he goes, too young, you didn't bro. buy that? He doesn't know like, Conehead Oh, is. when he saw it, I was like, hey, that's Besides looking like a Conehead, he <laughs> yeah. does not. I look like the thumb from, uh, what is it called? I just look thumb like horse? A, I don't know. Either way, I look a thumb. Yeah, like That's my actual visual of myself. So do you think you guys are, are liking like the paper and the Paramount thing because it's more obscure things? Like They're one-offs. Like Nobody else has this. Is that? Yeah, and I think that when you've just hunted as much, I mean, a Again, and I will say this with with humility that I think we we may be one of or maybe the longest standing game hunting channel that does it not the longest we weren't the first ones but that has continued to do it week after week after week after week episode 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 ep- so that's not that's not yeah. me like, gloating that's saying with with humility I can say that we've been doing it that long that it's almost like I have to find those things that make me still go oh dude sweet. You know what I mean? Because like I said, we've seen, you know, obviously we haven't seen every game in existence, but it's like, I have to find those things at this point. And those are the things that like bring me joy, so to say in the game hunting world. So when I see that stuff like paperwork now, I don't know why paperwork, Oh, press kits. That's been a big one for us lately. I think my goal too, like even doing what we do is like to find this stuff to what you said earlier about the thrill of the hunt, find it, document it, put it on YouTube because I almost feel like we hold maybe some sort of responsibility as, you know, having a, a channel with a, a lot of people who watch. Thank you. Um, like some sort of responsibility to be like, Hey, this exists. So if someone ever searches it or it sparks their memory one day when they're older and they go, man, I, Oh, I forgot. Remember Nintendo press kits. I wonder if anyone's ever done a video. You know, it's like, it's there, it's documented as some sort. So yeah. Yeah. My biggest yeah. thing is like when I get that type of stuff, it's almost like I want to save it. Right. Because like, what if we don't document it, right? And then we just throw it away like everything else, and then that then it becomes a one off somewhere else. Yeah. But like no one, it'll be in somebody's game stash for years and never see the light of day. You yeah. Or, I mean? or or speaking of that, I mean, you wanting to save it, so to say. I know, and then this is totally normal. Obviously, this is the ninety nine percent of the world. If you do find that thing, you know, you probably don't have a YouTube channel. You probably don't have something to show it off, so to say. So you sell it, do your thing, which is totally fine. But what's great about the show is I feel like it gives us an outlet to be like, shoot, we found it. Let's show the world. And then whatever we do with it, whether we keep it or sell it or let your game room flood and let it get ruined. That was an option for me. (laughs) Or you can collect it and put it in your shed. That was, I don't think that was a good idea. All the paperwork in my shed after my shed flooded. So so keeping on like the the same topic, um, like who would have been like the biggest introduction for you to be collecting? Ooh, baby. Uh, I like that. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, I watched... And was it NES Pursuit? Back yeah, then? baby. Was it NES Pursuit back in the day. We used to play it on the TVs and the stores. So you guys were a part of that. I mean, yeah, early on, probably watching a lot of YouTubers uh, collecting back then. Okay. Because like I said, when I first started opening the stores, I was ne- did not have a huge collection. I still don't. People think like, oh, you have a huge collection because you own the stores. But like, I'm surrounded by this stuff all the time. Yeah. So what I find that I collect is like more just the like, it's not necessarily more obscure. It's probably, well, it's a combination of obscure, valuable, but yeah. like, I mean, the stores are like a collection. Um, but as far as other people that uh, might've influenced me, yeah, it was probably those early YouTubers. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ricky, retro Hunters. Who, who you, oh, Retro Hunters. Yeah. It, was, it was funny because and, you I- You know, Billy I, and Jay, but Retro Hunters is where, dude, I remember you introducing me to them. I was like, oh my gosh, we do this. We do this. And you're like, <laughs> you know what? We should film it. I was like- they were a good introduction into us wanting to do YouTube because when we saw the Game Chasers, again, they only started like maybe a year, year and a half before or something like that. Yeah. But they were a little more like production at that point. And I was like, well, I don't really know that stuff. So when I found the Retro Hunters, I was like, oh, they're just two guys 
idiots and they're having fun at swap meets. And I'm like, that's us. We're two idiots who go to swap meets. You know, it's, it's, that's a whole different story for another day. But yeah, I think the retro hunters uh, along with game chasers were just, were a big inspiration to put it on the internet. I would put it on bef- like the night before we went to hype myself up. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That, Cause that I, is I a real like, thing. Oh yeah. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch skate videos that, right before I'd go skate. Cause I'd be like, all right, now I'm going to go <laughs> kick up this big ledge. Like I'm going to do it because I got hyped. And like us being the nerds now, we're like, dude, I'm going to watch this guy find that game. Like, yeah, I'm going to find a game. Like, <laughs> and I think the, the biggest homage that you, I think you always play into was the American pickers. And like, I was responsible for the game chasers too. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of like what got me that. into it. As, as well, but I didn't start collecting until about four years ago. So, did uh, question Did you any of you guys co- like collect in any sorts when you were younger? Anybody? I was never uh, able to. I was always moving. I think I moved about 25 times in my life. So, remember when I first started, I was doing like randomly like vintage cameras for some weird reason. <laughs> when you were like a little kid? Uh, I would say that was the first thing you started collecting, but I don't think you were like a little I wasn't kid. like a little kid. I was probably in high school. Is that a Hot Wheel school. Ricky, a little Kodak, you know? Because for me, it was comics. <laughs> like when I was a kid, oh. comics, I was a, which is why I collect a lot of comics now. But when I was a kid, I was a comic book collector. I collected Pogs, actually. Pogs, there you kid. go. All right, so you did. So we were, we were, so I did, but we were super poor. And I'm talking like poor, poor, poor. So I used to hand make my, my Pogs. We'd get paper and we try to fold them and then tape them together and like cut circles around them and use those because we couldn't afford them. So that was like our version of pogs. And then I'd randomly like find an old magazine. And the only way I'd be able to get them is doing mail-ins, like doing a mail-in, like, hey, you send this in, you'll get a free pog. And I quite literally remember seeing like the mailman drop off like the old classic movies, like mailman pulls up and I'm like, there's my pog in there. And it's like a green slammer. And I just take it to school and be like, that's awesome. Those dude, were the days, though. Yeah. Dude, I, that's, I, I, cool. I t- wasn't my days. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't collect anything as a kid? Nothing? I, I mean, honestly, I, I tried. Uh, but I mean, my mom would just sell it at garage sales. But every time we moved. Shh, filthy oh, reason. I'm telling you, man. Your mom. Man, man. But your mom needs to come on the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your mom's a filthy dude, reason. Man, my mom would sell things like by a quarter. Like all those videos that YouTube is like, oh, we scored on this one. I'm like, yeah, that's probably what mom you scored on right there. Because oh, she would dude. sell a whole Nintendo set for like five bucks. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was i mean i i traded what was it i traded uh little samson for a super scope <laughs> wow that's a good trade yeah for the little samson for the little samson <laughs> his, him yeah, and his brothers had a sweet collection and yeah, they so, traded most of it off yeah so being of video games yes so, so you were a collector yeah well video so games so being poor we got this stuff always late right we didn't get nintendo when it first came out so we didn't have like the mario bros that it came with and stuff so we had all the late releases, the Bubble Bubble 2, the DuckTales 2, the Panic oh, Restaurant. All the good ones. We had all that stuff. and you all had that, Panic Restaurant? We had Panic kid? Restaurant. Oh we, had all, so we, had, we had all oh the goodies, gosh. man. All the goodies. But again, that we, we were so poor that when we got that stuff, it was like, nobody cares, dude. I mean, we didn't care about it. I mean, we were, when I say poor, bro, I mean next level. I remember going to, <laughs> I remember going to like the, the, the shoe stores, like shoe warehouse, but it wasn't like the nice ones like shoe city or whatever. I don't even know what's nice anymore. Like a shoe warehouse and buying blank shoes for like four bucks. And my sister was super good at drawing and I would have her physically drop Nike signs on my stuff nice. because I was like, dude, I want hey, people at least to, she's an artist. You know what I mean? I want people to think I have Nikes. I mean, we, we would, we would, I mean, our food was from bread lines at churches. That's our, from. yeah. Ricky too. Ricky grew up not even far from me and we didn't even know. We didn't even know. we like, we couple blocks. We had very similar. You had two drive-bys done on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tell dude, them that for real. Uh, dude, I just, where we grew up, it was, it was insane. It was, uh, I just remember when I was little, my, my uncles were all like, Cholo's like, oh, what, what, those yeah, yeah. Oh, no matter what, like, uh, it was always bad in my neighborhood. But dude, I remember when I was a kid, I was 
I was like five or something like that, looking out the window because I heard a car pull up. And out of nowhere, dude, they pull up in the nicest like Impala. And you just see this guy with a shotgun. Do, do, oh, do, do, was do, a do. shotgun driving by? <laughs> Trying to take out your uncles? Trying to, well, I was the only, me and my uncle were the only one there, but no one was out there. They were just shooting at the house. Oh, so my, my uncle grabs me, throws me in the closet and jumps on top of me. Oh, that's cool. That's a good yeah. uncle. <laughs> he was going to say my uncle grabbed me and used me as a shield. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> He's like, you can't get me. <laughs> Dude, that's why. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, right down the street in Santa Ana, I grew up maybe five minutes from you and didn't know. And Dude. I remember, dude, like t- Christmases, we'd go to Toys R Us, the same one you went to. And we'd go, tr- dude, we'd go trash dig for Christmas presents. That's what we'd have to do. Sounds like fun. Well, and maybe (laughs) that might even be some, you know, psychological reason of why I collect or like to hunt and buy things or collect. But like, yeah, we'd go to the parking lot and jump the back and we'd go, hey, we're going to and we'd do it with my, my aunt, my uncle, my brother, my dad. And we'd go look for Christmas presents. And that's how we had to do it back then. So I don't know. I don't know if that plays into like the a psyche of it, but. Well, yeah, because the psyche, I think for me, and I was thinking about it, like just in collecting in general, like when I was a kid, really just comic books was what I collected. Mm. Had, a, had a fair amount of video games that we played yeah. and stuff, but I wouldn't say I collected the video games. We kind of played them and then gave them off or whatever. And, Got it. Um, but comic books, I remember being a kid and they had the wizard price guide. If you remember the wizard, anybody know about comics, <laughs> yes. the wizard? And I remember just sitting there like every month, I want to say that wizard magazine would come out and I'd have like spawn number one, which was like worthless. It was like five bucks. And then it'd be like five twenty-five, And I was like, yes, 25 cents. And I would just watch the values of these things go up and down. Wow. And I think that that played a lot into like why, you know, as I got older and then I opened up the stores, I'm like, that's probably why I love this so much. Like as a little kid, just sitting there for hours on end, looking at values of comics and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Not that I own a comic book shop, but it plays into, you know, what we do kind of looking at the values of these collectibles going up and down. And I've always been fascinated by that. How, how did you know early on that it'd be like a sustainable living for, to own a store knowing that like nostalgia was kind of like a growing, like a small, like a, like a small growing community. Oh man, that was a big leap of faith at the time in my life. My, my wife was pregnant. Um, actually, no, she, yeah, she was, she was pregnant when I first started hunting, finding games at the flea market. I lived in Vegas mm-hmm. and I was going up to North Las Vegas, finding video games just on the side, selling them. And, um, I was in commercial real estate at the time wow. with a suit and tie and everything. And then I, um, I was selling online, like going to the flea markets and buying stuff, selling on Amazon and eBay for good, probably two years before mm-hmm. I was like, I'm making more money doing this than I am with my salary job. And I started putting together a business plan and, was look there was a few other video game stores even back then and then at one point I was like I I think I'm going to quit my job and wow yeah moved to Connecticut and just opened up a store no job no anything and yeah wow. that was a, it was it was a kind of a leap of faith doing yeah, that yeah cuz when I got into reselling it was more of just like a little extra cash here and there on the side for me to go do things cuz I mean if you don't really have any money you got to figure out a way to get it right you got to sell your own stuff and I was like you know it's like morally obligated like I probably paid more for it and then I'd sold it for just as what I, what I could get for it. It's kind of like whatnot. You take your risks yeah. and you just kind of go for it. Yeah. But I think as I saw more content in it, I figured out a way to uh, just kind of elevate the way I pick for things and create my margins, you know. And Which I feel would be, would be scary. And this is a whole other topic. We can jump into it. But emulation, right? And I feel like that might have been like a scary thing as a store owner. And I think this, is, this opens up this whole conversation yeah. right here, plain and simply, is where emulation, it's almost like reselling and collecting. Like there was a very long period of time where 
emulation was like stupid. It was dumb. And trust me, we, we lived yeah. it. We heard it. And, and I agree that the best way to play a video game, the most enjoyable, there'll never be anything like popping in a cart and playing it. But obviously now at this point, it's more accepted. It's yeah. more part of it. Did emulation ever play into your store or like prices? Was there a period where you were like, oh, shoot people are going to start emulating and not care about this stuff. Yeah, very much so. Okay. There was, that was probably maybe like two, three years after I'd opened the store. So I opened the store in 2011. I want to say like maybe 2014, 15, all of a sudden, like all these emulators started coming out. And yeah, at the time people were like, oh, that's it. Retro games are done. Everybody's just going to emulate this stuff. Um, and so there's been that phase of like, okay, going up against emulation. Then there's always the talks that games are just going to go completely digital. Nobody's going to care about this, uh, physical games anymore. So for 12 years now that there was a lot of worry about in my mind Uh that like, okay, this might fail at any point. Um, a couple things I did to kind of like, uh, ease my worriness about that was, uh, kind of diversifying the store. So like, we don't just sell video games, we sell video games, we sell comics, we sell Pokemon cards, we sell vintage clothes, we sell action figures. Um, in case like yeah, at any time I was like, okay, nobody wants to play retro games anymore. Yep. This is just, the business is gone. You know, I have a family to take care of. Yeah. So that's kind of eased like a little bit of that worry. Um, and then over the years, I mean, it's just been a slow incline in like uh, interest in collecting in Got general. It across whether it was Pokemon cards, the action figures, um, all of that, where I feel more confident now that I'm like, all right, as long as we're still alive, yeah, I think people are always going to be interested in these games to some degree. Now, past our generation, like my kids that didn't grow up with Nintendos or your guys' kids like that didn't grow up with that, I don't know. They might not be. And there might come a point in our lives where we're like, all right, we're not playing these games anymore. We're just buying them. But see, I think we'll even still collect. Yeah, like, yeah. I think even we could be 60, 70 years old, which isn't that far off anymore, right? <laughs> well, it's yeah. not that far. I mean, you got to think about it. You have a guy who's a fan, and he's a seven-year-old collector. Yeah. Actually, a few True. people who watch our show, they comment a lot, are in, upper in the 70s. And I have a lot of older gentlemen that'll come in that those are most of the Atari and television collectors. True. They're not us. I don't, I don't, not many people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a guy who get, buys most of our Atari stuff. And I think I asked him one time, his name is Reaper67. Shout yep. out to him. Yep. Um, Reaper. And I think he was like, I'm like, oh, are you actually 67? And he was like, yeah, it's almost my birthday. And I was like, awesome. And he's definitely our Atari guy, so to say. And even at the swap, I always see Ben pick up like Commodores and Ataris. He's, he even owns a Atari 5200 that he's collecting for at the moment. I mean, it's kind of insane because like I have no idea what that system even is. So, right? I, yeah, and I love the old vintage <laughs> stuff. Um I'm not so much an Atari player. I remember my dad having an Atari and playing a little bit of Atari. Yeah. But what I love is like vintage PC gaming, like Atari 520 STs. I feel like and, PC gaming is gaining a little bit of traction as far as like in the collecting world. Because back then it was like, eh, it was pretty much just Metal Jesus talking about PCs, you know, Metal yeah. Jesus back in the big box PC game. But now I feel like even myself, I'm being like, oh, these are cool. These are, oh, these boxes are actually nice. Again, being people who are starting to look at boxes and paperwork i'm like hey this is really cool even though I, I have to admit it's almost like a weird guilty thing because i technically didn't play that stuff so to say so i, I don't feel bad collecting it so to say but i mean 
I don't know if I could emulate it, but I I played that. That was did like, you? Oh man, we had like what was your game? Were you were you like King's Quest? So were King's you, Quest? What, like, what level? Totally what, different. what level of nerd were you with PC gaming? Because there's lots of levels, and I say out of respect, my brother was one of the biggest nerds with PC game ever, and with respect, I mean that guy knows games. I, I just know my dad. At some point, I must have been maybe like six or seven. Bought some computer. He never used the computer, so it sat in this office. He never. It, it, so nobody used it. I think I was the only one in the family that used it. I have an older brother too. Somewhere along the line, I was getting these games. Maybe he was buying them for me. I don't even remember, but I had King's Quest, Police Quests, like Doom early on on PC. Um, All those like point and click type adventure games are like, oh my gosh, I love those so much. I could go back and play that right now. You can go on Steam, I think, and you can download Do people, uh, this might be the dumbest question ever, do people emulate PC games, or is that like what they are technically? Steam has a lot of them, if you want to call that emulation, kind of. Do, Do you find emulation to be wrong? Let's let's be honest. Everybody does it. Everybody emulates and plays emulated stuff. Not saying everyone does the emulating, like the actual work to emulate, but 99.99% of people I know play emulated stuff. Not, Not wrong, but I do feel like you're missing out on like I'm like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Like people will come in, they'll be like, oh, this is all a bunch of garbage. I can just emulate all this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. But like you're missing out on us going out and hunting and finding all this stuff. Like I I feel like they think like, oh, I've outsmarted the system somehow. And I'm like, well, you're just missing on all the collecting fun of this. Yeah. You know, so yeah, morally wrong. I don't know. Like legally and stuff. I find it interesting. It's just like we as collectors also have been in the space where it's like big companies are now reselling these emulations to you, right? They're, they're selling you the mini classics or they're selling you the hookups to their TV, like the old AV components, Pac-Man. And it's like, what is that any different than us owning the original game? It's became legal emulating. Right. So to say, I feel like it's different. It was different back then. Like even like the old school stuff right now, like I, I got like a double like reward because you Remember back in the day, you had to make it work when it was like a little older. You'd have to do the little shift and so blow bro, in it. You got the shifter right, right there, here. bro. So, dude, I used to I used to get reward like after after doing the shifting. And in my head, I'm like, all right, now I got to play this for at least an hour because true. I don't know if that thing's gonna start up again. So, I mean, I, that so was a good. double reward for me. <laughs> and then your cat walks by and its tail oh, graces it. It's oh like, my gosh! And you're like, no God! Please don't erase! Please don't erase! Please don't erase. Please turn it back on. Erase the save game. Erase. I, I say that because I experienced that, Megan. And two, final boss with my brothers, school time, classic story is Tales Oldest Time in the Retro World, got to the final boss, paused the game, I'm going to go to school, I can't believe it, we're going to finally stink and beat Mega Man 2. Two seconds later, I see my cat just walk by, barely grace the Nintendo and just the screen, and I was like... <laughs> We, we used to leave it like we would leave it like overnight, go to school, come home the next day and just be like, yeah. please be on, please yeah, yeah, yeah. be on. Like I'm right in the middle of this game, you know, no save, no yeah. nothing like. Yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did any of you guys ever leave it on and have it burn that onto the TV? Yes. <laughs> Stuff still does. I do. A Mac, a Mac computer recently at, at one of the offices I work at, my buddy Mikey would leave it on. And I went back one day and I turned it off and it was still on the screen. And to this day, you can just see the outline of the browser. And I'm like, that sucks. That sucks. That's actually crazy. No, but what you were saying about it being like, you know, companies now are basically, you know, they got smart. They make the classics. It's not, it's it's technically, I mean, or is it, I don't know. I'm not smart with the the background. Or they say like a remaster of like uh, Turtles. Well, that's a whole nother conversation is, is remasters, bro. And remakes and I feel like that stuff to me was very exciting in the beginning, right? Like, oh, yeah. dude, they're making an HD this. They're making a, they're redoing this. 
And now to the point, even going past just games, right? It's it's Hollywood. It's movies. It's the Disney movies. Yeah. And the excitement, I feel like, is going like this. Mm, it's uh, like, it's, oh, a, it's a little I deeper. I want to play Resident Evil 4. I'm not going to lie. The okay. remake. <laughs> I do want to play that. I, I get that. I understand. And I, I, I'm i with you. on mo- I, I, I'll play them, right? Like, I could play Mario 2 on any console and smile the same. Which I feel like Nintendo, man, just found a way to, to get all of us. I feel like they could release... Mario 2 with a different color palette for the next, or Mario 3 for the next 20 years, and everyone would buy it. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, I, I think it would like what like I can't ever like recreate is like when I used to leave a sign on the wall and I'd be like I'm in the closet, mom, and I've had my TV cord running in there and I'm playing Mario Kart. Curtis is in the closet, y'all heard it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like playing Mario Kart like all chinned up and everything, just like on a wood trim TV, and I'm hoping like I'm beating everybody in that little that Nintendo 64. And I was in like a weird transition where it was like. I had cartridge base and then I had CD yeah. base, right? Mm. So it was like I would just get the hand-me-downs from my older brother. So I Got went from it. Nintendo 64 to PlayStation, Got it. and then it was just like, well, you know, what's the what's new? You know, like yeah. how do you go about it? You guys went from NES and and seeing that technology develop. How did oh, you? Dude. Isn't I, I've thought about that before, and I think that's one of the craziest things that we're not. Yes, technology is advancing advancing at such a fast pace, but I feel like like our kids don't get to witness that like. When games, when we were, you didn't even see it as much. Like going from the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo to the Nintendo 64 to the GameCube to all these consoles was like everyone that came out, you were pining to see these screenshots because you're like, look how much different that looks. It's, it's, oh my gosh, the graphics look so much different. And to now, I'm going to be honest, the most I've ever been let down from gaming ever and the generational gap was the current jump to PS5, Xbox Series X. I tried to get myself hype, and I feel like I, I convinced myself. Like, dude, I'm sick. This is, looks so good. And I played it. Like, it looks better. But in my head, I'd be like, it doesn't look different to me. Yes, I'm sure it does. But I, I was so let down by that. So I haven't been gaming as much. But I have, I was like, all right, I want to get back into some gaming. I've just been busy, right? And I was, like, But I still love gaming at night. So I was like, all right, buddy of mine, one of my managers at my stores that we, we game together, he's like, let's play Back back for Blood. Mm. So it's like the old Left for Dead. Yeah, yeah it's like a newer Left for Dead. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I've never played it. So I have an Xbox One. Uh, S, I think, right? So the new, like, no, series not, not a series, okay. like an older one. I just, yeah, yeah. even though PS5s come in and Xbox yeah, Series yeah, S, like X has come in, so I, that's what I have. So I, I loaded up last night, and he's like, "What are you playing on?" I'm like, "Oh, the Xbox One S." He's like. Oh, dude, you have to see the graphics on the Xbox Series X. I was oh, like, no. bro, there is no difference. He's like, no, it's beautiful on the Xbox Series X. I'm like, I guarantee you if I plug that in side by side, I'm not going to notice any difference. He's like, no, it's such a big difference. I'm like, dude, go from Super Nintendo to N64 or Nintendo to yes. Super Nintendo. That yeah. was a big difference. Which was it's, the most impressive to you? Which jump? N64. N- I think from Nintendo, Super Nintendo to uh, N64 because that 3D look. I remember, you know, Mario where they have it like Toys uh, R Us, and you're yeah. just looking at it like, whoa, look at that! His face is coming out at me. Well, it wasn't, but you could play with it. Yeah, for me, it was Xbox to Xbox 360. This that guy. was a big jump too. <laughs> yeah, the 360 was, was I, a actually, big jump. I'm not gonna lie, for, that was pretty good. For me, it was NES to Super NES. Me too. I was blown away, me too. and I loved the NES. I was like. I remember being a kid and just being like, video games are never going to get better than this. That's so and funny. And then <laughs> Super Nintendo came out and I was like, 
I mean, just the colors and the pixels and the way it looked, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more beautiful than Nintendo. How did they do this? I, I it remember, was like mind blowing. I to was me. with my brothers and same thing. We saw Donkey Kong Country, right? Like we put it on, we put it in these, these pre-rendered graphics looks amazing. And I remember looking at them vividly and being like, it's not going to get better. Yeah. It this will is it. never get better than this right here. And it might not. It have. might not. Have. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been the pinnacle of video games. Was the Super Nintendo? Well, in my opinion. I mean, we could jump into that real quick. Best console of all time. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, Nintendo. sixty four easily. Okay. So I'm not an N sixty four guy. I was. I was in college at that point. And it, it was, was the system that thing. I grew up on. Yeah, I know so. that people appreciate it and love that system. But for yeah. me, Super Nintendo. And I, I don't yeah. say that like I'm not like religiously like thinking that that's what is the best system of all time. But yeah. I think for me, it was. Right? Yeah. It just hits different. And for a lot of people, I would say the majority of people is probably N64. I feel like N64 really gained like love again recently. Yeah. I feel like yeah. for a while, it was kind of like... Not a joke, but it, that people were definitely poking fun at it, like in the YouTuber viewer scenes for a while. N64 was kind of like, eh, the controller doesn't really have that many good <laughs> games. It's mostly, actually, there's a clip of me what? peeing on it. Nintendo 64 console the, the old video. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's gotten love again a little bit more recently. That and GameCube, I would think those two are, I mean, like GameCube has gotten a real strong following as of late. Yeah, big and, time. And it's just jumped. And, and awesome. it could have been because of Phoenix Resell easily. Well, but YouTubers definitely, I'm, I'm, we've seen it, you know, and I don't, yes, there's, well, that's a whole other topic for another day. YouTubers raising prices or this or that, which I can agree to an extent of many of that. But yeah, I feel like there's I, certain YouTube series or when people are talking about things, you know, Metal Jesus has been accused of, and whether it's valid or not, definitely YouTubers collecting something has a push. I mean, ABGN. Yeah, Little Samson. Anything almost a YouTuber would talk about would be like, you'd go to a game store and they'd be like, look, I have this. I have Action 52. But they wouldn't have said that if that YouTube video wasn't out because nobody cared. For me, it wasn't just like, uh, like it wasn't a price thing. It was more of like him introducing it again to collect and then appreciate the system. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's when I was like, oh, I actually love that system. I remember putting it on this big old giant TV and doing the four controllers and destroying oh, yeah. people at Super Smash Brothers and creating terrible friendships. <laughs> That's what he tells himself. I know, right? I know I had friends, right? Dude, my, my grandma really... sucked at that game. Yeah. It was me versus my grandma and my dog. I won every time. All right. Yeah. Well, now we're going to transition to a little bit uh, uh, different topic, I guess, as least within a different space. Like being 10 years on YouTube, how do you avoid being in the YouTube conflict? How do you avoid it? Oh boy. Yeah. This is a fun one. Uh, and we can, we can finish out on this is yeah. Drama in the YouTube scene, man. It's, um, it's weird because there's parts of it where, where Ricky and I have always stayed out of drama on YouTube that we just always have. That's been our thing. Yeah. We've always been having fun. That's just been the motive for, for us of why we do this. But there is that question sometimes like, like if you even go into right now, like the current thing, it's like DK oldies, right? Like I'm, I don't even watch those videos. I'll be honest, like what people are saying about it. But I know right now, like that's where it's at. Like everyone's talking about DK oldies and there's, there, there is an important question to ask yourself. Like, can it be important though? Is this stuff important to talk about whatever they're talking about? Maybe it is important to the community. Maybe it's not. So we kind of, the way we did it was had to make the decision like, okay, well, even if it is, we're necessarily not going to talk about it unless it was like detrimental to what we do. And to be honest with what we do, it was never buying games online. No. Right. That was never detrimental to our show. It didn't really pertain to us. And then there's me who also creates content. I understand content. 
I know, and I'm going to probably make some people upset here, for sure, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, a ton of the DK oldies, anti whatever it is, are doing it for views, right? And that's where it becomes, where there, there's something to be said about that. I feel like the people who are doing it because they care, right? And that's important. People who run stores, people who do online buying, people who know what a certain console is supposed to look like or feel like or or whatever it may be, know things about it, the intricacies of selling and I know those people are out there and I, and I, you know, commend those people doing videos like that, but I do know I'm well aware that there's many people out there just doing it strictly like, well, if we put DKLDs in our thumbnail, heck, maybe we'll even do it for our video on this topic because, <laughs> you, you know, do you think it's a little clickbaity in, in the sense of like, are you shedding more attention to it by rehashing that type of topics? Yeah, it's, it's definitely clickbaity, but I'll also be honest that a lot of YouTube, you kind of have to be clickbaity to an extent. I think that. A, a YouTube thumbnail should be an extension of what does happen, but of course it's not reality. You know, I mean, if it's, it, it's always an, an extended, more hyper sensationalized version of what really did happen. Yeah. You know, people will put, I bought a DKLD's console and it was broken and in the thumbnail it's, it's on fire. And it's like, well, I'm sure it didn't catch on fire while you were playing it. I still don't get how it got so popular though. I'm like, all right, I, I see the title. I already know what it is. Like, oh. Well, I mean, it's also like, on. yeah, it's also like in the same aspect, like if you go into GameStop and they give you 17 cents for a game that you bought for $60, yeah. like a week before and yeah. you're like, That's true. and you're just shattered. You're like, oh my God, I just yeah. made the worst investment of all time. Yeah. Right. And it kind of throws into the fact that it's like, are we like shedding too much light by talking about certain spaces right yeah. on people? Well, I, I think that what we kind of had to decide is that. I'll never like, I'll, of course we'll, 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 you know, you got being on YouTube. If you want people to watch your video, you kind of have to not be clickbaity, but something that's interesting. Right. But I've always felt for us that I've never wanted to be like my method of getting more viewership is going to be by putting someone else's name down. Right. So to say, yeah. even though it, 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 it is. And again, it, it may be justified. This is me saying those videos aren't justified because I'm sure many of them are, but I've never felt comfortable being like, and I know I could get views if I do this or do that, but I've never been a fan of like bringing down someone else in order to make, and there, again, there's something to be said about it, but I've never wanted to be like, if I just bring this down, I'll be elevated. You know what I mean? It just never sat right. Do you think it yeah. benefits the community in the end? Like talking about like these type of things? I don't know because I feel like if people are buying, again, this isn't me defending, I don't want to no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if people that are buying from DK oldies anyway, aren't necessarily the, the collecting hardcore scene. Right. I feel like those people, they're just trying to, get they it. know, they know how to collect more than likely. I won't for sure put it past that, but I feel like maybe it's more like the people who are just like, Oh, you know, shoot, I want to buy a game online. And they yeah. don't know what the prices may or may not be going for out on other websites. They come through it. It comes in their, their ecosystem of, you know, they search video games that comes up and that's where they want to yeah. buy it. And Chris, uh, coming up on the topic of like stores running social media accounts, do you think that you're going to be in the upcoming events, try to do the same thing, like get into YouTube space other than, I know you have an Instagram and you kind of promote there, but how else would you think that you're going to be able to like expand your brand? TikTok. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said it too. He's it was like, it the man bun scared man. me directly in my eyes. We, we actually did get on TikTok Ooh. recently. I was like, okay, we're going to try this out. We thousands and thousands of views on wow. TikTok. So, we just make silly little TikTok videos. Videos. Okay, like, are they fun? Are they? Yeah. Because I mean, you, you, I mean, we, we all, no matter what, can say those DKLDs 
their videos they were at get why they went they were fun they were entertaining they were silly whatever that may be but are you guys going to try to go that route like with marketing so to say not like you know i think why dk oldies and not to go down this Mm -hmm. whole road of the dk oldies thing but maybe why they were a center of attention possibly is because they did have a youtube channel from my understanding i I didn't watch it that much i've seen some clips of it here and there but i wonder if that's what kind of drew some attention like okay they were just a reseller online for the longest time nothing ever really happened with them Mm -hmm. then out of the kind of the blue and i could be wrong in this but i think out of the not out of the blue but some point the guy joey i think who's like the face of dk Mm -hmm. i guess he's not the owner started making youtube videos it seemed like it drew a lot of attention to them, maybe. Yeah. Which is why they were kind of like more of like out there. Because well, there was a face to kind of go after versus just some online warehouse which selling is, games. Which is why, you know, people will come at it. Not saying, again, I have to reiterate a million times yeah, that yeah. I, I'm sure there are whatever. <laughs> we don't really watch this content. Exactly. Now, so. But with something that's elevated, right, it's an easy way. If Ricky and I went viral on our channel for something in the next two years and we just blew up to be a 10 million channel plus, more people automatically are just gonna come out with the negatives about us because you're gonna use my likeness to get views. There was a a song I heard along, I can't even remember who said it, but it was like a quote from his song. And he said, how's a man gonna say I'm clickbait if he's gonna use this face to get clicks on his page? And I was like, wow, (laughs) that's heavy. That's a heavy, heavy thing to say. And so for me as like a store, I myself personally like, I think I made one YouTube video like okay. 10 years ago. I think it was about like, <laughs> yeah. P- PS- I think it's on there. PS2 reselling prices or something like that. <laughs> it was about the prices one. of PS2 games. I think it's live. One video ever. Yeah. But myself personally, I'm more of a behind the scenes guy. Like yeah. I like running, running the business. I like the yeah. operations. I let my guys handle the social media. This is uh, other than like the videos with you guys on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I don't generally come out. I'll do some podcasts like this, uh, mostly about the expo and do a few videos and stuff but I don't generally like I don't like voicing uh, or coming out too much as like the face of my business because I want to protect my business I don't want like you know I don't know I I think that that's how DK oldies and not to say you shouldn't do it but that might have been why they were a target you know, better hope the now, podcast doesn't explode. I know, now, now I'm like putting myself out there as I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I'm like, these are all the things I, I mean, haven't done here. You got to look at it like this. I mean, Retro Rick just attained a store, right? And so he's kind of showing the behind the scenes of that. Do you think you might do that that same route possibly? No. I mean, I've thought about that. Like, I was like, oh, man, Rick is killing it because he yeah. had the presence of the, the viewership of the YouTube. And um, I, I, my understanding from talking to Rick, I'm good friends with Rick, too, mm. is that his business has been incredible mm. with yeah. the new store that he bought. And yeah. I think the platform of YouTube has certainly totally. helped him. Kick what rocks, it, Rick. We always joke for those that don't know. Again, us all being very similar in what we collect. Him and Rick are like... Whenever Ricky and I get cool stuff, he will reach out and so will Retro Rick and be like, all right, who gets to buy it from them? And Chris gets mad when Rick takes it and he, we make a joke that his thing is Kick Rocks, Kick Rick. Rocks, Rick. I look at the camera. Kick Rocks, Rick. I'm buying this sign. And, and, and another, uh, I guess, kind of a wishy-washy topic, but it's more of a question. What if they opened a store that was kind of like across town from you? Oh, Ricky and I. Yes, you too. Ooh, what if and Ricky and I? How would you feel about open it? Open a store down the street. From would you me? help them? Would you? Ooh, let's hear it. This is this is kind of a not a touchy subject, but this is an interesting yeah, yeah. subject, and I'll tell you why. So, when when so if there's have been people that I've known that have opened stores okay. nearby to me, mm-hmm. not 
Yes. And what happens is it changes the dynamic sometimes mm. of a friendship. Oh, boy. And to now you're competitors. Competitor relationship, whether you're Burger King and McDonald's or yeah. um, Coke and Pepsi or anything, there's trade secrets. There's it, It's sometimes, it's not that you're enemies, yeah. right? It does change sometimes the dynamic of that. Yeah. Um, what I've always tried, so like an example is in Connecticut, there was a video game store, and I'm not gonna mention any names. Yeah, of course. Or yeah, was I a guy that I knew, more of an acquaintance. Yeah. He, we we knew each other well. Like we'd talked to each other, we'd had interactions. And we always, we told each other at one point, like, hey, let's just make sure we, we keep our distances. He had a store that was probably like 30 minutes away from me. I had one uh, on a main quarter, he was a couple towns over. At some point, he opened up a store literally like a mile down the road from me. Mm. And I messaged him and I was like, Dude, like, why did you do that? Yeah. Like, why, why? What do you so, say? And he was like, oh, I would, he's like, oh, I, I couldn't find another place. I had to go a mile down the road. And I was, and he would come into my shop. He would buy like inventory for himself. And I was like, dude, this like kind of changes the dynamic. Yeah. Like, yep. you've got to stick to yourself now. And he only lasted about a year before he then closed that shop down. <laughs> and I was like, but he still has his other store, which is really successful. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked since then. Okay. Okay. So we're not like blood enemies. Like right. they hate each other. Right. And we've talked about it. And I was like, and he was like, hey, listen, I, he explained to me that he had no choice but to open the store there. And I was right. like, I don't know, dude. There's like thousands of places you could have <clears throat> yeah. put this store. I yeah. think even though we knew each other, he was like, oh, I'm going to put a store right next to you. Yeah. And it was like, okay, now we're now we're competitors. Now I have to compete against you. Right. You're trying to take business from me, which is mm. essentially right. taking business potentially off, you know, play to my, right. my family, right? So- it does change the dynamic. If right. you guys were to open a store or, or something, if that's something you have in mind. We don't. No, 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 no. Uh, I, was yes, just, I but, just wanted to but, see what your opinion Chris was. Chris just wanted to ruffle your feathers yeah. a little bit. I love it. But, but I, the, the thing is just space, right? Yeah, like, right. and how far is space, right? Like, I don't know, in a big city like LA, you could probably be 15, 20 minutes away and yeah. you're, in, you're in a different market. Yeah, you know, like Costa Mesa is a different market. It's not like a beach. Starbucks where... 98% of the world is walking around looking for a coffee, you right. know, in the retro game world, you're probably gonna find 6% of the people in Costa Mesa that are out looking for video games. So yeah, and like in, you're literally 15 minutes away and you're in a different market. So oh, yeah. like, yeah. so, um, space matters right now. Yeah. If you opened up a mile down the road from yeah. me, yeah. Beach, I'd be like, come on, guys, <laughs> come on, really? Guys. Like that's, we would have messed bro. up. He's <laughs> like, damn, him. we got to cancel the <laughs> lease. <laughs> I actually just saw it in his eyes. I, I just saw that in your eyes, like almost like a little bit of sadness. Like, like you just mentally told me, don't you ever open a store around me. Um, now at the same time, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't say this, I have done the opposite where I have opened a store directly down the street from a competitor guy I never met in my life. It's a big name franchise. Tells us. <laughs> By the way, I did that twice. Now, now I, I did it with that intention. I don't know that guy. I'm not friends with him. Yeah. My understanding was he was not a collector. He came in purely as like a reseller. He came. This is in Connecticut, not in California oh. here. What a, B in a big franchise. <laughs> no, but I. But we actually didn't really get along. Yeah. We never met. We've never met. But we were like direct competitors. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I want to be the best video game store in Connecticut. I'm going to open up a store right down the yeah. road from you. And we've we've competed against each other for probably like seven years now. We're both still in business. Yeah. Oh. So we operate next to each other and still do good sales. Got so there's it. no like hate, but that was a point where I was like, I was like, okay, I don't know you though. 
You know, right. that's the difference. Yeah, right. I, I think, think we're, that's what brings the dynamic a little bit different. It does. It changes it. And right. I think that's the best way for us to end the, the, end the show today is just Chris's R- actual Ruffle. scumbag. <laughs> Honestly, he's a no, beautiful but, scumbag. Um, I, I love, to me, it's business. I love right. business. And uh, yeah. that, being competitors is part of business. It's also another reason, like, I don't <laughs> go out in LA and I don't know too, too many of the store owners yeah. out here. I yeah. know, like, the Game Tower guys, if yeah, I yeah. can mention a name. Yeah, of like, those guys are awesome. They're great guys. Right? We love them. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. So, like, would I ever open a store next to them? No, I know yeah. those guys would never do yeah. that. But I don't know. Business is business. I'll just say. That. All right, if you're a scumbag, <laughs> leave a comment down below. <laughs> but yeah, let's get out of here. I mean, yeah. we got to get out of here. We got the the rest of the day. We got more of these coming, Chris. Yeah, thank you for being thank here. You. Let's, uh, yeah. Chris, thank are you, you for pop having around me. these more often. I would love to. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd love to be. On Ricky, there. we give a hand for everybody here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so we're, now, we're now opening up a store. Cancel the lease. It was right down the street. He's like, Aaron's like, I just signed it. (laughs) All right, we're out here. Adios, everybody. See ya.